Welcome to the SAME Real-Time Podcast, featuring an inside look across the Society of American Military Engineers and the work that our 30,000 members and 105 posts are doing to support national security and strengthen the engineering potential of the United States. And now, your host, SAME Executive Director, Joe Schrodel. We're here now with uh, Rick McConnell, who is the uh, president of our Korea Post. Uh, Rick, thanks for joining us, and I appreciate, uh, really appreciate your help in the last week uh, as I had the opportunity to be with you and be with other members of the Post uh, for the first ever, first ever USFK, that's U.S. Forces Korea, engineer ball that was sponsored by SAME and the 11th Engineer Battalion. So... You know, before we get started, uh, Rick, it was really a pleasure getting to meet you. Can, you know, how about you tell our listeners a little bit about your your background? You know, especially some of your varied experiences and uh, you know, your engineering ability. How about how about tell us a little bit about yourself? And thanks again, by the way. Sure. So I've been here in Korea since uh, 1995. Came came as a uh, lieutenant um, at, ironically, Camp Humphreys back when it was very very small. Uh, which now, you know, 20, 24 years later, we, we've increased it significantly and moved all of our U.S. forces Korea from Yongsan here in Seoul to Humphreys. Um, having been here since 95, worked a variety of jobs. I left active duty uh, Army uh, back in 2003 and jumped into a Army installation infrastructure modernization program, which was a combination of a couple of different um, programs from the acquisition center back at Fort Monmouth. Uh, one, one involved the offsite cable plant and the other involved the common user information transport network. And they combined those two programs. So I started working with um, engineers, Corps of Engineers, a Far East District uh, military construction uh, way, way back in 2003 uh, when, when I started working on that program as a systems engineer. So over the past several years, I've moved into working for variety of uh, companies that included biometric securities, a lot on the IT side of the house, but with our uh, with, with, with our relocation efforts, I started consulting to Korean and U.S. companies when we started doing a lot of these uh, Korean government-funded acquisition packages. Um, and then past year, I've gotten connected with some companies that work on uh, concrete sealant you know, waterproofing agents. So, you know, given the amount of construction going on over here in Korea, that, that that became a pretty interesting business model. Well, that's great. Well, you know, your your background is uh, is quite varied, and and I was really really excited to see the energy that you you not only bring to the post, but bring to you know the great efforts that are going on over there. And as we got a chance to look around at some of the, as you pointed out, the the construction that's going on, it's absolutely amazing. You know, for anyone who hasn't been in uh, Korea, you know. So so back to the ball. I was amazed at the turnout, you know, 635 engineers. You, you had, uh, you know, the top commander, General Abrams, and his wife, Connie, there, had uh, countless flag officers from, from Korea, from, from all the services. You know, what, did it take, what did it take to pull that off? Because, I, I mean, basically I saw you and a team of three people. What, how did you do that? Yes, yeah, so I think uh, a lot of coffee <laughs> and uh, 
Sheer, sheer force of will. Um, what, what started out in late December, uh, right before everybody took off for the holidays, uh, what started out as a uh, Army Combat Engineer Battalion, the 11th Engineer Battalion, uh, started out as a dining in, and some some folks advised that commander, hey, why don't you talk to SAME? Uh, they're, they're starting to get active again here in Korea. Maybe they can maybe they can help you out with uh, sponsorships and helping the host and plan. So all of a sudden, we have a short meeting over some coffee, and yeah, great. One of the strategic uh, goals for this year uh, for the semi-Korea uh, post was to participate and uh, help plan a formal military engineer ball, which from my understanding uh, had not been done uh, really ever from a USFK, you know, US Forces Korea-wide perspective. So we jumped into the agreement saying, okay, uh, you're the engineer battalion, you, you can handle you know, some of the military logistics, we'll handle everything else. Um, and, and I'm not exactly sure how I got into it, but a couple of weeks later, we're fully into the holiday season, everybody takes off. Um, and by the time we all came back to work, we ended up having about six weeks left of a planning window that normally, uh, I like to say it takes about five or six months to put something on of this magnitude. I think the the reason why I say sheer force of will is we made a commitment and uh, the core team of about three people worked very, very hard, put a lot of different efforts on hold so that we could focus on this. and. The amazing thing is General Abrams is a, a soldier, soldier. Uh, he, he agreed to speak at the, um, um, the ball because he loves being around soldiers. And the core, uh, attendees were really the 11th Engineer Battalion, uh, has about 900 personnel assigned to it. And I think they probably had oh, close to 300 of the 645 uh, people that attended. And again, this is an organization that's in the middle of doing readiness exercises, training, uh, and on top of all of that, they, they still managed to participate very well in, in the first ever USFQ White Engineer Ball. Um, again, you know, you go back to the earlier comment about the core team. We have uh, some of our members uh, that you acknowledge, and, and uh, thankfully you were here to be able to give them an award for their, their efforts, um, but it, it, it never stops. So we're, we're um, continuing on uh, planning the next event. Well, that's, that's, you know, I, I got to tell you, I was I was amazed at I was amazed at uh, the, the the fact that you just pointed out six weeks to pull off, and it was flawlessly executed, a flawless major event that everybody enjoyed. And I'm talking, we, we were talking enlisted soldiers there. You're talking, uh, I mean. I wish we could videotape the thing and send around everybody. So, but I guess the other question that I would ask is: so, what what does it take to get? Uh, how do you find members? You know, like like Chris and and like the others that uh, that helped you out. They, they could commit to pull something like that off. How do you find people like that? And how do we get members like that excited about being active in SMA to pull off stuff like that? How do you do that? You know, as soon as I figure that out, I'm going to go recruit a whole bunch more. <laughs> and I, I think um, I, I think the people that were involved, uh, they, they saw uh, they, it was an effort that they believed in. Um, they, they understood the vision of, of the, the why. Um, why are we doing this? And, and that gets them more engaged. Um, and, and I have to say, 
you know, something of this magnitude in such a short planning time frame, uh, we actually leveraged a lot of the relationships that we developed last year uh, through SME, SAME events. Um, we we uh, made some good relationships with the Land and Housing Corporation, with the Korea Engineering Consulting Association. Um, these government, you know, Korean government subsidized uh, organizations um, that when, we, when it came down to the crunch time of getting uh, people to, you know, extending the invitations, explaining the intent of the military ball, um, we already had some relationships built, so it was very easy for them to um, say yes. And once you, once the you know, senior leaders and key personnel start committing, then everything else kind of fell into place. Um, but again, it, it was it was that core team pushing to to really help facilitate that. Yeah, I think that's a great point that you just made about uh, you know having one. We all know that fundamentally SME exists to help build relationships and build trust as we you know fuel the collaboration between industry, government, academia, and and the very multidisciplinary nature of our society. And then I think you're right that by leveraging those relationships and especially decision makers and influencers that then make it easier for a post to actually do whatever it is that you're trying to do. I think that's a fundamental, very important point that you've made that, that I hope all of our post presidents uh, tune into this, this podcast and, and listen to. Um, you know, along those, along those lines, uh, are there any uniquenesses about being in Korea? And I guess this is more from the standpoint of uh, you know, those who are just assigned there temporarily for a year or, or a couple of years. Are there any aspects of being in that country that, that either help or create challenges to membership? You know, I can think of op tempo would be one thing that would be a, be a hindrance. Uh, but then on the other hand, I would think building those relationships in a foreign environment becomes something that would attract. Any, any, any aspects that help or hinder your your ability to attract folks. Right. I think a lot of the aspects that we look at as being challenges, um, you know, when, when you think about Korea, an abiding constant for Korea has always been the challenges of time and location uh, and continuity. Uh, even even now that we've settled into a consolidated uh, base down in Humphreys outside of Seoul, uh, we, we still have that, like you just mentioned, the off-tempo, the constant training. Um, and then on top of that, you know, historically, uh, we've been scattered all across the peninsula. So getting folks together for a major event like this has always been a challenge. And then we also have, we have the challenges of access. Uh, a lot of our, uh, industry partners, stakeholders that are involved with, with SME Korea Post uh, are Korean companies. Um, so we, we have to pre-coordinate to be able to get them onto the installations to participate in our events. Fortunately for the uh, for the engineer ball, uh, it was you know at a convention facility, so we didn't have any access problems. But again, force protection, some of the challenges with curfew, we had to account for the logistics of busing personnel back and forth and getting them back under their uh, installations um, before the curfew. Um, as far as cultural differences, we have obviously we have the language barrier in some cases. We also have cultural differences. A lot of our uh, Korean stakeholders have never seen a formal military ball. Uh, so it was very interesting for them to, to see the U.S. military aspects and, and you know, to, in our own name, you know, we, we are the Society of American Military Engineers. So being able to showcase some of the military customs and traditions 
for our host nation um, stakeholders was was very uh, exciting for us. I think. No, but again, those challenges we overcome them, and and it becomes uh, more, uh, easier to do. And uh, I'm not exactly sure. I think one of our enduring SAME enduring purposes is to promote solidarity and cooperation. Yep. Right? That's right. And so that that's between the engineers of, of both countries, Korea and U.S. And and I think we've um, planned and executed an event that goes a long way into supporting that that purpose. Yeah, I, I would tell you absolutely. I mean, Rick, what you guys did, and and I I just thoroughly enjoyed, you know, getting to meet and spend time with and start relationships with you know everybody from General Park, who you know retired Korean Major General who sits on your board, who and I appreciate the. The dinner we had with him, and I was amazed. Back to your point about Camp Humphreys, that that, that we actually shut down 210 or so facilities that, as you pointed out, were scattered around, and now we've consolidated. So that does help. And on the curfew side, I was amazed. Uh, you know, my my impression of the the curfew piece, which surprised me quite frankly. I, I had quite frankly forgotten that there was a curfew uh, in Korea, but but one of the impacts that I saw was. As soon as the formalities of the event were over and the dancing started and the DJ kicked in, I got to tell you, those kids didn't waste any time getting on the dance floor because they knew they had limited time. And uh, they danced right. right right up to the curfew when you guys were trying to herd them back onto the buses. I thought that was pretty cool. Right. Hey, talk for a minute about uh, Kenka. You, know, you mentioned the, the relationship with the industry. Yeah, so Kenka is the Korea in, Korean engineering and constru- um, consulting association. It's uh, really a government, uh, Korean government, uh, I guess, funded. It's a privatized company, but it's it's, uh, it's government owned. Um, but basically they maintain all of the professional development, uh, professional certifications and training uh, for any company that has three or more uh, engineers employed. So they're, they're a membership-based organization, um, and I can't remember, quite honestly, how many companies belong, but it's a mandatory requirement for, for engineers to maintain their, their certifications to be members of this association. So what we've done in, in, in the past, uh, Kenka has always been very supportive of the Korea Post in trying to collaborate on symposiums, events, seminars, uh, so what we finally put together was a memorandum of understanding between our two organizations. And again, the timing was great. You were able to, to be there to kind of uh, officiate the signing of the ceremony with between myself and the chairman of that association. Uh, and we will continue forward um, in, in joint planning where we can in, in terms of bringing value to, to our respective members for our events. No, I thought that was great. You know, I just looked at my notes real quick because I, I sat at dinner with uh, Mr. Guac, I think I've got that right, who is the chairman, as you pointed out, of Kenka. And, and he mentioned to me that, uh, you know, he was an, he's the elected president of that organization and that, that in fact, it represents 4,500 companies is what, what I, I wrote down in my notes uh, after talking to him. But 4,500 companies, uh, that's huge. So I think that's that's an that's an important relationship that uh, that now you've you've established that formal MOU. What, what's the thrust of the uh, the MOU? What what's the major outcome that that you're trying to achieve? Just build that relationship between Korean companies and serving the American military needs, or or what? Um, 
Yeah, so basically to formalize the agreement that we're, when we plan our engineering conferences or symposium seminars that we will extend the invitation and provide them opportunities uh, to participate as well as to uh, create uh, events that may, you know, that, that provide business value uh, to some of their, their member companies. Um, as you saw during your time here in Korea, just the short drive from Seoul to Pyeongtaek where Camp Humphreys is located you know, inside of an hour and a half drive, how much construction did you see? Yeah. It's, it's, every day the landscape changes. And interesting, one of the reasons why we theme a lot of our major events about engineering new horizons is because everything that we do, both military and civil, changes the landscape and the horizon of, of Korea on, on literally a daily basis. And, and Kenka has their, their member companies that are heavily involved in all aspects of, of that um, transformation, if you will. No, that's great. So, you know, you talk about events. Uh, a lot of SME members, myself included, remember years ago the uh, Peninsula Engineer Conference. And that, as you point out earlier, that was an attempt to try to gather folks that were scattered all over the peninsula. Last year, you had a very successful symposium. And as you pointed out, you leveraged some of the relationships from that to help you with this year. You know, what's... What are, you, what are you anticipating uh, for next year? What do you think? Um, so we're looking at either the end of this year or, or next year, depending on uh, really timeline. We would like to have uh, an engineering conference annually, for sure. Our, our two major events should be the annual engineer ball and an annual engineering conference. Um, now, timing for the engineering conference, if we can pull it off toward the end of this year, I think it would be great. Because of the MOU that we signed with Kenka and our relationship that we built with the Land and Housing Corporation, uh, LH, I, I think we're, we're kind of going across the full spectrum of the engineering organizations here in Korea. Um, and we should be able to pull off a pretty uh, heavily attended conference, again, based on timing. You know, I, I really like your vision because, you know, what, what, I, what I've just heard you say, you've got a momentum going now, and it's time now to leverage that momentum to kind of sustain that and, and establish, you know, a, a way forward as we get into our second century. And I think everybody knows next year we, we turn 100 years old. So, so Rick, i got to tell you, I, I, I really enjoyed the time there. I really appreciated the support personally and and the support in getting a chance to, to really understand the life of the post, especially you and the small team of folks that pulled this miracle off in six weeks. Um, and i got to tell you, and I mean this sincerely, you know, your, your personal leadership and drive uh, is a big part, in my view, of why this event was as successful as it was. So my hat's off to you. So let me give you the last word. Anything else that, that you'd like to say that... Uh, you know, for our listeners, go ahead. Absolutely. Yes, thank you for that. And I think um, I, I would invite everyone that hears this and definitely you and the team back at uh, National to keep an eye on Korea. I mean, we've, we've got a lot of, I said it earlier on this year, we have a very aggressive 2019 plan. Uh, we, we managed to pull this ball off, and now we're focusing on the monthly events and as, as well as this annual engineering conference. By this time next year, we should have a. We, we hope to have um, basically the two major events followed up with monthly supporting events. And I think we have the momentum, we have the leadership support, uh, we have everyone's attention and interest. So it's a matter of putting it all together and 
in developing and, and executing the annual plan for 2019. Well, I think that's great, and and thanks again, and and God bless you. But I, you know, also just one last note, I guess, is uh, yeah, do me a favor and thank your wife Sophie again for her patience, because I know you spent a lot of time away from home uh, pulling this off. So. <laughs> Anyway, so Rick, thanks again, and we'll look forward to uh, getting our members to hear everything that you've done over there. So thanks. God bless you.